This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. In about two days, Tim Duncan is going to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame alongside the late Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan and Vanessa Bryant are going to help induct him. Kevin Garnett's going to be going in. Really exciting stuff. And to talk about Timmy, one of the best players to ever call the triad home, albeit just for a few years, we are now being joined by his college coach, the great Dave Odom, kind enough to be here on WSJS Sports. Bob Ryan was with us yesterday, Coach, and he said there are no good Tim Duncan stories out there because that's the way Timmy would want it. But if if anybody did have a good Tim Duncan story that we haven't heard before, I figured it would be you. Do you have anything for us today? Well, uh, you know, Bob is correct. In one regard, there are no Tim Duncans that play the game the way he played or live the way he has, and he's continued to live. He's right about that. Bob, Bob would know. But as far as you know, stories that haven't been told, I don't know any. I've told these stories so many times. You know, where did you find him? How did you find him? You know, those kind of things are uh, they, they've been told so many times. They're repetitious. But you know. Uh, Knowing him like I do, you know, I never get tired of talking about him. I never get tired of uh, telling people who want to know about his work ethic and about how he fell in love with basketball. And, um, you know, he still loves basketball, but how he fell in love with it and how he developed year after year after year after year. And, you know, he was one of those players that, uh, you know, he came in uh, with very little expectation. Um, I remember when I saw him uh, the first time down in St. Croix, I looked at him and I said, you know, rhetorically to myself, you know, that kid is going to be a great, great, great (laughs) walk-on. He'll be a great, great, great red shirt. But there's no way I said he was going to be a great, great All-America. I didn't say that. I, I I I didn't look at him at that point and say, that's who he's going to be. So he, you know, as as all the people and the fans uh, that that followed him for four years here at Wake Forest in Winston Salem in the ACC around the around the country, uh, they all looked at him and you know maybe thought he could be all that he turned out to be, but not his head coach. I as his head coach, I I was totally surprised. But I will say this: by the end of his. Uh, well, three-quarters of the way gone in his um, freshman season, I knew we had a different player than I originally felt like we recruited. Uh, legend? And, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, legend has it that very early on in you watching Timmy, you saw him go 5-1-5 in a pickup game at 16 years old with the Lonzo Morning. Is that true? Uh, it, it, it's partially true, partially not. I did not see him. No, I wasn't there. Uh, but uh, Chris King, who was also a member of our team at that time and had just been drafted by the NBA, uh, he was in that game. He he actually was in the game and saw the game. And, you know, when he got back to uh, Wake Forest, 
um, you know, in a couple of weeks, I asked him rhetorically again, did you see anybody we ought to be interested in? And he threw out Timmy uh, as a as a potential, and uh, he didn't know his name, didn't know the island, anything like that, but we ran that down. But So the folklore about me seeing it against Lonzo Morning, not true, not true. So you've cleared that up. But him being in the game and being seen by one of his you know, future uh, colleagues and Chris King is true. Here's something we know is true. Dave Odom's with us here on Sports Up Dried. Another thing that we know is that um, prior to his mom passing at 14 years old, he promised her and and his dad that he was going to graduate from college. But even knowing that when he arrived at Wake Coach, how surprised were you that Timmy stayed his junior and senior seasons? I was not surprised at that. I really was not. People would think that I'm not telling the truth, but I am. Um, he was he was committed to graduation. He was committed to his father and his mother. Uh, I, I would say particularly his mother because she passed away so early in his life. And uh, he was so close. I mean, he was right on track for graduation all the way through freshman, sophomore, junior year. And um, going into his senior year, it would have been easy to back out his senior year and go ahead into the draft because he could have picked up those remaining courses a uh, little bit by little bit and still graduated. But uh, I think he, had, by then he had tasted uh, what it was like to, uh, to win a championship or two, in this case two, uh, at, uh, at, uh, with the Deacons. And I think he wanted to try to win a third. We, we were not able to do that, but he, he was very, very committed to that as well. And so um, I was not surprised. I really was not. When's the last time you spoke to Timmy? Uh, early in the week, uh, we're getting ready to go up to Connecticut, and I did, I just talked to him about, uh, you know, making sure everything was in order and anything I could do to make his life easier. He's got a bunch of people coming up, and um, you know, he's he's been swamped by requests for tickets and uh, whatnot. Uh, so he and I just and we talked periodically, but we talked about, uh, do you have everything you need? Anything I can do for you? And you know, that kind of thing. I, I let him know who was coming from Wake Forest. And, uh, of course, uh, there are some that are special, very special to him. Uh, Randolph Childress, uh, Tracy Connor, uh, Mark Blucas, those kind of people are special. And, you know, he wanted to make sure that they're all taken care of. What do you imagine you're going to be feeling as a coach, watching somebody you recruited, somebody that you developed, go into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame? Well, it's a, it's a special time for Wake Forest, but it, it, this is a really special time for Tim and his family um, and his friends, uh, his close friends. So I'll be overwhelmed with emotion. Um, I'm an emotional kind of person. I don't mind showing it. Uh, so I'll be very, very pride, prideful. I'll be very proud of what he how he acts, uh, what he says, um, because I know whatever he says will come from the heart. And so I will be, um, I'll be overflowing with uh, wonderful emotion and memories. I mean, you know, events like this, you know, take you back in time. And um, I'll, I'll freely go back in time and remember the good days. How long do you expect him to be up there speaking? 
<laughs> it, it, odds are he'll be the shortest uh, acceptance speech of the evening. He won't be long. Five minutes, Max. He won't be up here longer than that. Last thing for Dave Odom, the legendary weight coach with us, celebrating the career of Tim Duncan. He's going into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday. When did he learn the bank shot? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, was, I think at the end of his sophomore year, you know, he always came in and said to me, you know, Coach, Coach what do I need to do to get better and maybe get ready for the NBA? That type of thing. And, um, you know, to me, the bank shot was a great shot, but it, it was not his best shot. His best shot was his jump hook. Nobody's yeah. ever had a jump hook like that. There have been others that have learned to bank the ball in, but none have been able to, you know, jump hook over his left shoulder like he can. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I remember the end of his sophomore year between his junior year uh, was when we started talking about what do you need to get to the next level and we need to start developing it now and I think that's when uh, the the bank shot shot started now he was already into his jump hook at that time so you know he was ahead jump hook wise from the bank shot but uh, the bank shot was unnatural for him he learned the footwork of getting turned uh, and it was important because um, inside, inside of say seven or eight feet, uh, he was easy to crowd. And you know, was they could put two people on him, it was hard to get his feet turned and shoot the jump hook. Uh, so it was easier for him to step out two or three steps. And now he's out ten, twelve feet. They don't put two on him, and they make the uh, the, uh, the bank shot a lot easier from there. But again, I would urge you not to go past the jump hook. That was his, that was his killer shot. That was his go-to shot. I fully expect you to have more tears than Tim Duncan on Saturday night, Coach. <laughs> I will, because he won't be a he won't be up here long enough to cry. <laughs> Coach, you're the best. Thank you so much for squeezing in the time for uh, us. I hope we won't. can catch up somewhere down the line. Oh well, all you gotta do is call. Uh, I love to talk to you.